Hello and welcome to the third episode of the Light Talk podcast. Um, actually, we, we were due for a good week this week because we had all the sound quality issues of last week. So I bought a microphone um, and the microphone is not compatible with my phone. So so it's um, fuck up Wednesday, I think. Although I ordered it last Friday, so it's probably fuck up Friday. Uh, anyway, a bit of a lighthearted one this week. So we've had politics, we've had health and veganism. Um, and now I'm going to speak to... Well, a man who is a temple of health and well-being, Mark, I think. Um, Mark, Brin, Mark Brin's a, a cartoonist, a caricature, draws caricatures. He's a drummer in a band. Um, I've worked with Mark for, for probably, I think, 12 or 13 years now. Um, so welcome, Mark. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me. It's, um, yeah, I was, I was going to talk politics and, um, and what was the other thing? Vegans. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You were not allowed yeah. to swear. No, I'm joking. You can swear as much as you want. That's the beauty of a podcast. Actually, talking <laughs> to swear. vegan is swearing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck me. That's another group of listeners lost. Um, <laughs> All two of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 50% if you lose one, though. So I, I was talking to swear, and we got a, because of all this like lockdown and stuff, got a, a flyer through the door earlier. And I've got to be careful as I say this, because as I talk from my studio, um, which is a room at the back of the garage. <clears throat> the garage door is open and the neighbours live three doors down, but we got a poster through the door and it was mm. proper like 1994 word art. Do you remember that? Clip art? Yeah, yeah. And it was um, organising a street party for, oh, yeah. <laughs> for the street. You know. Yeah, we've had one. But it was post, post-lockdown street party and it was like, there's going to be... DJ's Bouncy Castle and Bugger Van. <laughs> There's going to be a Bugger Van. I thought, fuck me. I'm not sure. I'm not sure I want to be a van or anywhere, but <laughs> definitely not on my own street. <laughs> that's, that's, my, that's my usual Thursday night. <laughs> but it tailed with, if you would like to make a donation to this cause, I, I ain't paying to be buggered in a van. So let's just, <laughs> let's just move on. Um, so there's a bit I want to get through. Um, like this evening and uh, there's no point having any structure to this because it's going to descend into the gutter i think yeah <laughs> in terms of the the disgusting level of humor that's going to come out of this <laughs> which is fine nonetheless but you're you're uh, uh you know you, you're quite musical right and, and you're you're a drummer in a band just talk to us a little bit about that how that came about um what the band is what they do um and then we'll, we'll probably talk a little bit about music i guess yeah well so i like music and uh, and thank you for calling me musical, but that's why I played the drums because I, I tried playing guitar and I, I just couldn't get my fingers to go in the shapes they were supposed to. Whereas yeah. playing drums was easy because you just pick up two sticks and hit the shit out of things, which you know I've always been pretty good at. And um, yeah, so I, I think I was about I was about eleven years old, and uh, my my mate played the drums, and I always like really looked up to him. I don't know what he's doing now. I haven't seen him for like forty years, but. He was, um, yeah, he, he looked up to him. He's now in prison, yeah, yeah, he probably is, yeah, yeah, <laughs> they all were back there. But, um, he, and he was really good and he was, he was really funny. And he, he introduced me to Keith Moon, and I thought, yeah, I can see who you've kind of emulated because he was yeah. just like Keith Moon, he was a good drummer and he was really funny, you know, just kind of quick and off, off, off the cuff. And I wanted to be a little bit like him, so, yeah. um, and I thought, because I like music anyway, and I've always kind of annoyed my parents and girlfriends and anyone I'm around, work colleagues as well, because I'm always tapping on the table and stuff <laughs> like that. And it was just something that, it's, it's funny because I can't dance to save me life, but I had a bit of rhythm. So, um, yeah, so drums was kind of like the easy thing to, to go for. But I was about 11 years old and I was listening to, you know, Keith Moon and um, John, John Bonham. And, well, I, I was a big jam fan, so um, I kind of um, listened to Rick Buckler and um, that kind of got me into the small faces and stuff like that. And it was that, that kind of mod, 60s mod sound that had that real kind of driving rhythm and driving beat. And I, I liked playing that. So, yeah, so I, I started at 11, got my first drum kit, and I haven't looked back, really. Well, and I have. Is, but... <laughs> is that the musical taste that you have back then the same tastes that you have now or, or has, uh, has your taste sort of changed and evolved as you got older? Cause <clears throat> it's one thing I always wondered, like as a, 
as a kid, I mean, mm. I'm only 29 now, but as a kid kid, you know, I would listen to, I always had a fairly eclectic, I mean, I was a right little weirdo, still am, mm. slightly taller and older, but always had an eclectic taste in music. But I could never get my head around why anyone would listen to non-lyrical music, for example. And then I think probably about the age of 23 and 24, I just mm. developed a, an ear for it. I just enjoyed it. Do you think your tastes have evolved and changed or do you still like exactly the same stuff in the same way? Yeah, no, I think they do. I think when I was younger, I was the same. So when I was like, I got into music because my sister was sort of five years older than me, so or still is five years older than me. But because uh, she was five, I was kind of listening to, yeah, I was listening to the, listening to the um, uh, stuff that she was listening to. So I kind of got into music a little bit younger than than maybe most people did at, at that time. I don't know, but I was sort of nine, nine, ten years old, um, and I got into that kind of mod scene i suppose because i liked i like that 60s kind of sound so that that kind of led me in into that and then I, I enjoyed playing the drums i think when i started playing the drums is when when you're a mod you're only allowed to listen to mod music you're not allowed to do anything else because it's it's against the you know the run of the the mill kind of thing but playing the drums i decided it was heavy music that i kind of liked so i started getting into bands like iron maiden and you know, the, the kind of Led Zeppelin and heavier stuff that wasn't associated with, with mod, but you'd kind of do it a bit quietly. So I think all that time, even though I was into, you know, kind of mod and middle-of-the-road rock music, I actually liked um, I liked all sorts of things because I liked, um, what's that, uh, The Carpenters, you know, the, with uh, yeah, Mrs. Yeah. Mrs. Carpenter playing the drums and singing, you know, that kind of appealed to me. It wasn't mod music, but I, I liked listening to it. That kind of got me into a bit of a kind of, folky country thing so i think i've got quite an eclectic mix of music as i've got older i kind of listen to anything apart from all this grime and stuff that my son is into because i don't understand it but yeah that's going to be my question is do you share not because i think music is fucking shit these days yeah and i I can really count on one hand the uh, and i'm no expert by any means but i can really count on one hand that the the kind of good musicians this country's generated Mm. and, and and when I listen to, you know, what, what the younger members of my family listen to, and, and some people my age, it's like Stormzy and, mm. and uh, what's, that, what's that? Oh, he's awful. What's his name? Garage Skank. <laughs> I, can't, I can't remember. Maybe Kano or something. I, I don't know. Uh, Kano was what I thought they hit you with at school. But, um, <laughs> they, they, and I just, it's got no rhythm. The words don't make sense. Yeah. I just, I, and I sort of think, I'm not snobby about music, but, do you share my view that it's a bit, it's a bit shit? It is. It's a bit samey. We were having this conversation the other day because when you, when we were younger, if you're walking down the road and you see a bunch of like teenagers, you know, our, our sort of age at the time, you could see like, um, oh, he's a goth, he's a mod, he's a skinhead, he's a punk. You know what I mean? Yeah. You kind of get an idea of what sort of music they they listen to because of the way they look. Well, these days you you wouldn't know. You wouldn't know if someone was like listening to. Jason Donovan or um, Iron Maiden or Dawn... <laughs> yeah. Jason Donovan. That, I mean, that's you went, you went there already. <laughs> Fuck me. So, for listeners who don't know, obviously, my name's Jake Donovan, and every funny prick who's ever met me always says, "Oh, are you related to Jason?" And it really fucked me off. So I'm glad. I'm glad we got that out of the way in the first ten minutes. Yeah, to a point where you've changed your name back to O Donovan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like that's really helped. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just that's more questions really more questions about my paternal roots yeah it's, it's just funny because you look more like what's that other twat the uh, um <laughs> the um i want to say big country, man. Big country. <laughs> Joe, i can't remember his name from um take that you, you've got that kind of look gary barlow one yeah gary barlow well, well then, yeah. Well, then you've definitely crawled up in my estimation because I. But you know, because we, we're talking about great talent. So for me, mm. he's probably, and I know I'll get fucking slaughtered for saying this, mm. but you I will. think a proper musician, yeah, whatever I say, really, a proper musician writes their own music, yeah, plays an instrument, yeah, sings in key, yeah, and and whatever you think of the music Gary Barlow likes, whether you like it or not, it's kind of irrelevant. Mm. He, he does all of that. He's a very talented musician. Mm. He doesn't stand in front of a microphone and swear and talk about, yeah, and you slept with my sister and I'm going to knife you in the C-block scum. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm never going to be a rapper. But, <laughs> but there's, 
there's an intelligence to his music and to other people, you know, talk about the, the jam, say Paul Weller, mm. or, or you could talk about um, George Michael, mm. Brian May, you know, uh, Elvis Presley, all of these people throughout the years, Cliff Richard, even to a degree, you know, whether you like his music or not, mm. he's an intelligent musician. Yeah. Uh, and that was my issue. I just, I just think now there's no intelligence that sits behind the music. It's got no meaning. It just feels like, the same manufactured shit rolled off of the production line? Yeah, well, see, now I thought it was because I'm old, but you're not. I know you're kind of an old soul, really, but, you know, I think there isn't anything to it. There's nothing that kind of grabs you. I don't enjoy the the kind of rhythm of it. My daughter listens to drum and bass, which isn't too bad, but it does remind me of that. There's that SAS program. I've never watched it, but I'm sure that's the soundtrack that she listens to is what they use for the torture part in that program. Because it... <laughs> It's yeah. Just, yeah. It does spin white noise. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, no, no, I agree. But I, I agree with what you say about Gary Barlow. He, he disappointed me, really, because one take that split up, I thought Gary Barlow was going to do really well because I thought he was the talented one. And I thought he was going to yeah. do really well. But people are kind of idiots. I'm going to upset loads of people now because Robbie Williams was just a, a kind of loudmouth twat. I'm sure he's got loads of problems. You know, he seems to have all that kind of depression going on, and that's you know, it's it's not good. But it, it's like validation. He wants validation, and that's why he comes across as a bit of a twat. But he didn't really have any talent, whereas uh, no. Barlow had lots of talent. But no one really likes. You know, people don't know what it is they want, do they? That's what it is. Everyone has no, to- I don't think so. <laughs> but 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 and that. There's been a flip though, isn't there? Because I think Gary Barlow is a bit of a renaissance man now. Yeah. So, so, so you know, people like go through life and, and some people are born, some people are born, but they don't fit, they don't suit their age until they're older. So mm. I don't think I'll suit, my, I think I'll suit my age when I'm 40 to 55. 60. I'll really suit being that age. I think yeah. he really suits being that age. He didn't ever suit being, aside from being part of a band, when you're part of a wider group and, and there's more on offer. Right. It's a range of talent. As an mm. individual, I don't think, as a young man, he had the talent to appeal to the audience he needed to appeal to. Robbie Williams, who, who you're right, is a bit of a dick, was a showman, yeah. appealed to a certain corner of society. He agitated them and rattled them. Um, yeah. He had some very good lyricists around him. But, but Gary yeah. Bollock tried to do it the legitimate way. He tried to mm. write his own music, produce his own music. Uh, and so I think that's, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? It's interesting because I, I, I'm totally with you that, that mm. the level of music's gone down. And actually, I think every decade you turn back, music mm. is better. So music was better mm. in the 90s than it was in the noughties. It was better in the 80s than in the 90s, better in the 70s, although 70s was a bit of a weird period of time for music because you had you had some greats mm. like Queen, for example. Yeah. Well, you had some really weird Brotherhood of Man, Bucks Fizz, you know, real cheesy stuff in the 70s. Because the 80s always gets tarred with being cheesy, but I think it was the 70s that was really fucking cheesy. Yeah, I think it was that transition period right, where it didn't really know where, where to go. So electronic music was coming in and that, that kind of glam rock thing was was kind of dying out, I suppose. And it didn't really know where to go. And I, so I think there was a, a couple of years, which is why punk maybe did so well, because it came in right at the end. And, and kind of kicked everything up the arse and give it a bit of a shake about. And I think that that kind of helped with music. But, it, it, yeah, I know what you mean. I think, like, early 70s and up to late 70s, uh, yeah, I think it was just periods of time where that pop music of the 70s was a bit shit. You know, Brotherhood of Man and all yeah. that. Although I was a young, impressionable lad then, so ripping girls' skirts off was kind of, you know, that was all it for yeah, me. Was, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't know whether that song's going to, Build your credibility, to be honest. <laughs> well, no, it might have done at the time. I don't know. I wasn't there. Wasn't there? Yeah. But no, no. I, I, I think although it's it's still and I also look discos. At... Discos, get my discos. No discos. Oh, discos. Sorry. You know nightclubs. You've caught me out something. Yeah, yeah, disco tech, disco tech. But it's it's funny because I talk to again people my age, and I've heard mm. with my own ears people mm. say, "Oh, Elvis is shit." Oh, what really? you like? Roy Orbison, oh shit! And you think, how can you nah. possibly say? The, someone said to me the other day, the Beatles were shit. What? I, I don't, I don't know. There's not one song of the of the Beatles or Elvis that mm. I think is shit. There are ones I like better than the others, but I don't mm. know how anyone could possibly say the Beatles are shit. And yet, 
yeah, that's probably if I think of you know I've got yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah when I'm sixty-four. But, yeah. but when my you know my, when my daughter's a little bit older, um, mm. you know, she's seven now. I've got a sister who's like seventeen. Mm. They would probably say, "I can't believe you're saying grime or drill music is shit." Um, and it's just I interesting, think, isn't it? Isn't it? But I don't, I, I've yeah. never been interested. I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't think it will stand the test of time though, you know, maybe it will, maybe in 20 or 30 years that, that kind of grime stuff and, and I don't even know what Kanye West does, but you know, I'm assuming he plays that kind of crap as well, but I don't, yeah, maybe it will, maybe in 20 years time people look back at it and think, oh yeah, this is a classic, you know, talking about the N word and all that kind of, but I just, I don't get it. It's funny though, because I like Eminem, I didn't like Eminem at the time. And presumably Eminem is a bit of a forerunner for all that sort of stuff. There's an intelligence to Eminem's music, though. His music properly tells a story. I don't like Eminem, got no time for mm. him. But actually, he is a very talented musician. Mm. And you know, I, I think he did um, He did that duet with, was it Dido? Um, mm-hmm. That's the only one I can ever really, really remember. But, but there's an intelligence to it. And I don't think... Mm. He, I think he would probably tell you. In fact, I've seen him on perhaps the Jonathan Ross show mm. talking about his inspiration, and and it's the same pot of people we're talking yeah. about. You know, the legends right here. But I, I'm actually worried about music. I worry for music mm. because I can go to a, a friend's house for a housewarming party, or I can pop to my local, or, or mm. very occasionally go to a nightclub that's not really my scene, mm. and they could play ten tracks, and I don't know what any of them are. Yeah. And I'm not inclined to dance. And if the background music isn't right, then I won't enjoy the party. Yeah. And my worry is the great Elvis, um, Elvis Presley, mm. uh, you know, Queen, uh, Glenn Miller, if you want to go that far back, Frank Sinatra, the Rat mm. Pack. It's just I, it, people don't listen to it in the same way that they did. Mm. Um, I just worry it's going to die a little bit of a death. And actually... You know, these places, which we all love to go to because they play great music. And, and I don't care what anyone says. It's music that makes a party. Yeah. It's music that makes a gathering. You always remember going to someone's wedding party and dancing all night long, for example. You always remember those mm. times. I, I don't think, I don't think, I don't think it's going to, I don't think it's going to last much longer. No. I think it's slowly being kind of the melody, the, the culture of all of those different aspects of music those different genres are being slowly crushed out and taken over by over manufactured crap yeah well that's, it's funny actually because my daughter just turned 18 and we had a party for her before we all got like house arrest and um we, we had a, a dj there and you know we'd said to, you know she likes a bit of drum and bass and my son because he was going to be there he likes a bit of grime and all that kind of thing and he played a bit of that but actually the stuff that they all got up to was like abba and queen and because he played all of that as well, you know, I think I think all of that is kind of timeless anyway. So I think I think all of that does still stand the test of time. You can talk to some people when they, you know, I, I got them to put um, going underground, and everyone was like looking. Oh, what a tune! Yeah, but they're all thinking, what the fuck is this? And then as soon as like well, that's dancing, a classic. Tank called Malice going underground. They're, they're party classics. You've they got are. to dance to them. I oh, know. Well, I was up dancing, but well, I was a bit drunk. But there you go. <laughs> yeah, but, I had to. Yeah, it, it, that's it. But they were just, you know, Mamma Mia and all that that bollocks. But I mean, that's you know, I suppose ABBA were you know pretty good for their day, and, and maybe that stands the test of time as well. But like we say, I'm not sure that that all this grime that my son listened to. I mean, he's you know he's white and, and ginger, but he kind of goes around listening to all this black gangster stuff. So you know, good luck to him, but. Uh, can you really associate? Well, I don't know. Maybe you can. Maybe that's racist. I, I just don't think. I just don't. No, I just don't think the. I don't think the words mean anything. And I don't. I think no. these. The, you know these these artists who produce it, whether it's Stormzy or, mm. or whether it, what was that awful N Dubs? Do you remember them? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. whoever it is that's asked to produce this kind of stuff is. I think it's ju- it's just about units sold. It's not about mm. so if you think of think of the Motown movement. The mm. Motown movement was an amazing movement. Yeah. It was about it was about um, it was about empowering black communities who'd been forgotten about and mm. ill treated. Mm. It was about using the power of music to stop wars. If you think about Marvin Gaye, mm. um, you know it had a real kind of it had a real meaning. But yeah. I just it, it, 
the, and so their their output, or sorry, their output, their objective was mission. Mm. And what happened was a whole lot of success and a whole lot of money. Mm. But but ultimately, it was a mission. It was a mission to to take people out of poverty, to show the talent of, of communities which had been forgotten, and mm. then and in some cases to end violence and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's it. Um, do you think? Do you think there's there's a do you think there's an issue with the fact that you don't go into HMV and buy CDs anymore or or, or singles or, or LPs? Because I think... I, there was something special about mm. saving up. And I, I'm only 29 and I remember doing this. I mean, Spotify and, and iTunes, they're, they're all relatively new. Mm. And, and probably only in the last seven or eight years have they really taken off. But before that, you know, you would go and get a CD. And I remember the streets do you remember the streets yeah yeah i'm not trying to and i remember saving for about two or three weeks to get that cd holding the cd in my hand taking the wrapping mm. off putting it in the cd player for the first time it was just the experience of music was more than just listening do you think people appreciate music less because it's so easily accessible now because you don't have to wait to listen i think to it's it. more disposable isn't it you know i think because i was exactly the same as you although it was, it was vinyl so that for me was even better so you you'd save up your money and you go to hmv or there was a, a shop down the cowley road in oxford that we always used to go to um and it, like you get like a double album and it was a gatefold and you could open it up and there were sleeve notes inside and there were little posters sometimes if you well big posters if you were lucky and that kind of thing so i I kind of enjoyed that and I liked the sound of vinyl and the feel of it, the, the kind of look of it. It meant more to you. And I, I still have a, a record collection that I, I take pride in and, you know, keep it clean and, and the, the jackets are all in there neatly and the writing is all up the right way. CDs have the same sort of thing going on, but now you just download it. There is no, as far as I'm aware, there's no kind of sleeve notes or posters or freebies or you don't get that feeling, like you say, of unwrapping the cellophane um it's yeah it's kind of got it's disposable in it you know it's you like a song for a player to death because it's been easy to download it and then you move on to the next one and and although it might turn up on a playlist of yours at some point it's not got the same meaning as as pulling out you know vinyl and and sticking it on a turntable so yeah i, I think it's but maybe that's because i'm that little bit older and music and, and you know the way you kind of download it is is so different um, a bit. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I, I remember, <clears throat> you know, <coughs> excuse me. I remember my first mm. car was a Nissan Micra, and I had a CD player put in, and then a, uh, uh, like a stack in the back mm. in the boot, so you could put mm. eight or nine CDs yeah. in there. And you had, do you remember the CD sleeves? They were big pouches, That's you it. zip them, and they were like, they're almost like like um, cotton, like yeah. wool. Or I can't really quite remember, but that you'd shove the CDs in and. I just and because of that, because it was so difficult to change mm. music, you know, I, I, you bought mm. a CD uh, and you listened to it and you listened to it and you listened to it and it became your kind of go-to mm. song. It was always like, what album are you listening to? The other thing used to be Top Forty, yeah. UK Top Forty. That that was always, you know, I used to love. It. Always interested. Who's number one? Who's number one now? I don't. Do, do, do artists even wear number ones as a badge think, of honor? I think I, it's so. No, there's so many different ways of, of being number one now because it's it's all download charts and stuff like that. But I was the same for you. Sunday night, you know, it was was kind of bath night. I'd have the radio and that. You remember the old little tape recorder thing? And you have to press record and play. You press play and pause at the same time or something. Record That's and play. It. That was it. Yeah, Pressing pause time. every time the DJ started fucking talking. You know, because he was ruining the end of the song and that kind of. It, all that's kind of gone. You know, our kids don't have that i suppose spotify still interrupts songs doesn't it but i don't know uh only if you don't have a proper right. account. so if you if you've got a free account then it interrupts but if you've got a paid account you don't right. get any, unless you're listening to podcasts yeah yeah all right yeah yeah, um, yeah but, but 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 your, your point still stands it's it's the you know again you can be a number one relatively hmm. easily um and like you say, it's it's number one Spotify downloads, number one iTunes downloads, or, or number one. You can even break it down to who has the most fucking Instagram. And, and I think that's what it is now. Yeah, you know? it's um, it's you know it's popularity, but it's is it more about the the person or the artist than it is about the song? I don't know. Maybe it always was. Maybe I I religiously bought a jam single or album just because it was the jam. But 
I kind of knew what I was going to get. Maybe they, and that's it. Maybe I'm just, I'm just that bit older, and maybe it is exactly the same now. I just haven't quite moved with the, with the times. You know, I, I can't remember the last album I bought actually. You know, it must have been sort of ten years ago. And it, in the old days, we would buy singles, which you know may may have been a bit of waste of money, but you know because you just buy the album and they're all on there anyway. But you have to wait for yeah. the album, didn't you? That's the thing. And and the singles always had three songs: the, hmm. the song yeah. that you wanted, then the song remix yeah. radio edit, and then some some shit that was never yeah. going to make it anywhere. The, the third song on singles was always shit. I remember the last CD I bought. I was talking about this the other day, actually. And anyone who knows me will will, will struggle to believe this. But uh, it was. Do you remember when we worked hmm. at the Met Office? It was that long ago. So what, when did I leave there? Twenty. Oh yeah. God, 2013, yeah, 2014, that, yeah. something like that. And I had that little white mic. <laughs> oh, yeah. Remember that? Oh, how times have changed. I've gone from a shit white mic <laughs> to a shit jag, a shit gold jag. But I bought, uh, somebody was talking about an Ibiza dance oh, yeah. album. And I, oh, it's a party album. And I thought it'd be like, you know, I don't know, dance to my mm. guitar. Anyway, I bought the album. It was a three-piece <laughs> thing. But it was crap. And I, I couldn't have got it out of the CD yeah, yeah. quick enough. I have no idea what they were doing. It was just so mm. awful. But I think before that, I think before that, I probably bought, um, it's a bit geeky, actually. I'm, I'm not geeky, but the, the War of the Worlds album. Because it had that song Forever Autumn mm. um, on it, which was, which was a great track. But do, do, you think, uh, do you think shows like X Factor, Britain's Got Talent, uh, the voice. Do you think they've got a lot to answer for? Do you think they're a force for good or a force for bad in in, in music terms and and for the music industry? I don't know. I mean, that's a difficult one because we we watched uh, uh, Britain's Got Talent the other day, you know, and and I think you get away with 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 murder, you know. They they say something's good and, and maybe maybe it's better when you're there in the studio, but when you listen to it on the telly, I think, how oh, fuck did you let that get through? Because it's it's shit. Um, mm. it's a it's a platform for people you know maybe the voice is the better way of doing it because they're not really promising anything you, you win some money at the end of it it's no recording contract or anything um, you know maybe mm. maybe that one's not so bad I don't know it, it, it depends because it's, they're obviously popular but they're popular with like what are they 10, 11, 12 year olds maybe so maybe there is a plan mm, mm. and it's popular I don't think it's, I don't think people I, I, I'll be honest, I, I mean, I admire Simon Cowell because I think as a businessman, he's found a, a corner of the market. He's just a very intelligent man. He knows what will sell to the mass mm. market. Um, but but if I think about the X Factor, I don't think people watch it because they can't wait for us to generate this new talent. They watch it because of the... Yeah, idiots. they do, yeah. And because there's nothing else on. on yeah, yeah. So, I mean, X Factor, I think, has been shelved certainly this year and it had a mm. good run in, you know. But, but for me, for, for things like the X Factor, I've never really watched Britain's Got Talent. Um, but for things like the X Factor, for me, the people who come second or third are always the best. It's generally, the way it works. Uh, or mm. they win. Well, well or they win and, and you don't hear mm. from them again. So I, I remember the first one was Steve Brookstein. Um, and, and, he was everyone loved him clearly the public liked him because they voted for him to win and he wasn't a joke mm. act you know that people wanted to push through and he he was a really talented guy he had a properly mm. brilliant voice played instruments mm. wrote his own music he had a bit of success him and cal didn't get on i suspect because he was a bit of an anarchist he wanted mm. to do his own thing not what the label told him i don't know but he's he's he was almost ridiculed, made a laughing stock, um, which pisses me off a bit because he was a hugely, hugely talented guy, still is a hugely talented guy, and I would encourage anybody to to, to have a download or listen to some of his music on Spotify because yeah. he writes, again, intelligent songs and, and they got great melody. Shane Ward was another one. Now, I'm not a massive fan of Shane Ward by any stretch of the imagination, but he was talented. He was a great vocalist, mm. you know, um, kind of thrown on the scrap heap a little bit. So the people generally who are good, I think, don't get through. There have been one or two talents. So you think of Ollie Murs, you know, I, I would never argue about his talent. I think he's been quite good. He doesn't produce that grimy shit yeah. that we talk about. You know, I, I, I think Little Mix have done reasonably well. Like JLS, obviously, mm. who could argue that? So well, he doesn't produce talentless people. 
But I, I think they've got a little bit to answer for because I think they they have created this this uh, hmm. belief that if you want to be famous, you can be famous. And it doesn't actually matter whether you're talented or not. You can come on the show and act like a dick and the nation will love you. Um, and I think they've got a lot yeah. to answer for. No, you get a lot of people who are on there who, um, you know, like you said, they, you know, most punters are kind of watching it just because of the idiots that are on it, all the crap ones, just so you can have a laugh and that kind of thing. There are a few on there that are talented. They don't always win because, you know, again, I think, you know, in general, we as, as the public don't really know what it is we want. We're, we're kind of easily um, led into thinking this, this is what we want. Very faddy. Yeah, we are. Yeah, faddy. fickle. Yeah. 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 And I, I, yeah. I think yeah. that's it. But I think, you know, it's, we've always done these kind of things, new faces and all that kind of thing. It's, it has been going on for quite a while, I suppose. And sometimes you do get something out of it. Whatever platform is there now, you know, in the old days, we used to like my bands, you know, we'd record a, a couple of singles or an EP or an album or something. And then we'd send it off to record companies and um, see if we could, you know, get a gig from that. It doesn't really work like that anymore. I mean, there must still be a certain amount of that, but it's so accessible now, like you say, for anyone. You know, I think it, it was those the, the guys from um, Sheffield um, a few years ago. Um, oh, in oh, the name will come to me in a minute. But they they did it just because all their mates were kind of downloading the the EP that they'd recorded in their bedroom. Um, Arctic Monkeys. It was the. Yeah. You know, oh, they, yeah, they kind yeah, of recorded yeah. it, did it themselves in their, their bedroom, didn't need a record company, stuck it on whatever it was, MySpace or whatever it was at the time. And, um, you know, all their mates downloaded it and it, it just kind of did it from there. So they got record company interest after they'd already got those thousands of, of punters interested, which is kind of what X Factor does because it gets millions of people watching it every week. They, they can't fail. X Factor, the program, can't fail because they're, they kind of um, they can see from audience participation what bands are going to do well. So, but there is no other platform really for. Yeah. Having said that, the band, I meant to say the band that that I'm with, I'm with a couple of bands at the moment. One called uh, Melody and the Joneses. We've just recorded an album and got it out. It's it's available on um, uh, Apple iTunes to download. So, uh, <coughs> yeah. well plugged, well plugged, and we say that on a. Competitors' um, platform on Spotify. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll have a look at that later. I, I, I mean, we've talked about music and, and mm. how that's evolved, and, and you, you, I think, like me, are yeah, quite yeah. a big fan of comedy. Um, you're quite broad-minded in terms of. You know, I, I could talk to people. A lot of people in my family who say, "Oh, mm. stand-up comedy, how awful." I, there's yeah. nothing better for me. Um, and in the same sense that I think slowly, God, I'm being a bit of a doom monger tonight, aren't I? But slowly music mm. has lost its appeal, mass, mass market mm. generated music. So it's comedy, I think, to a degree, but I mm. think for different reasons. Because I don't actually think public demand for mm. comedy has changed. Things that are funny are funny, but I think what's happened is political correctness, <clears throat> um, you know, this kind of generation snowflake, everyone's yeah. offended by anything. Um, these days it's kind of meant that comedians are yeah. really hamstrung people like frankie boyle who who used to go and mock the week which mm. i think was a bbc show and say the most outrageous thing that yeah. everybody laughed um and fast forward 10 years you can't really get a gig no. like that again because mm. people are so easily offended or people are offended because they think someone might be offended even if though they themselves find it funny do you think comedies? slowly being kind of choked off or, or, or do you do you disagree do you think actually no it's no I, I agree with you because uh, until recently and really recently you know a few months ago i think they were still getting away with it but um uh, i see i didn't see it but that that big night in uh the other night and little britain was on there and they've, they've been slated because of you know some of the stuff that you know a few years ago everyone was finding hilarious and and now it's they, they're not allowed to do it. They're getting told off because it's you know taking the piss out of disabled and you know taking the piss out of all these pans people and whatever they are or whatever it is you want to be. This you know gender fluid whatever you know. It, it, but you kind of I think that's one thing we are kind of hamstrung a little bit because um, 
you got you know when I was younger, my my mum and dad used to say, you know, that sticks and stones break your bones. But no, so it, it, does it really matter? It's just it's humour. It's I think there is a limit. You can kind of go a bit closer than maybe, and some things are a bit. Um, it, it's whether you find it funny or not. It's going to offend some people, but some things are going to offend some people, or in all walks of life, in in any kind of. Um, you know, music or, or comedy or anything. So at some point, you can't please all of the people all of the time. So I think I think it is as funny as it ever was, but I think people are now having to think about what they're saying. So you, like Little Britain, we'll probably never see Little Britain again because of it. You know, and what, what was it? Um, Joe Brand yeah. got in trouble, didn't she? Um, yeah, let's talk about Nigel Yeah, Farge, which, Yeah, with, about, about acid in his face, which which is interesting because the very and, and I, you know mm. I quite like Nigel Farage, but the very people who say uh, Nigel mm. Farage's supporters, people like me, are constantly saying no, free speech matters. Mm. People should be able to make jokes mm. about anything to anyone because because it's freedom of speech mm. and freedom of expression. And as long as as long as they are punching mm. up, not punching down, and as long as you know. If, if I come on this podcast and started just being mindlessly, disgustingly racist or sexist mm. or prejudiced in any way, you know, that this isn't the platform for me to try and make a joke out of those things. Mm. But if you pay uh, mm. to go and watch a comedy show or you tune in mm. to watch some well-known comedians or you follow well-known comedians on Twitter, they're going to say things that people find funny that mm. some people might find offensive. And the very people who are saying, you know, oh, that's a disgrace. She should be sacked from her job here and this, that and the other. Are the very people, supporters of Nigel Farage, who say the other side, so mm. the left mm. politics, are, are imposing regulation on free speech. And they're all just as bad. It's because it's personal mm. to them. And that's the thing for me is I think you're absolutely right. Everything is personal to everyone. What, what offends mm. you might not offend me and vice versa. And I, I think of, I mean, we've talked about this a couple of times, but <clears throat> mm. Mike Reed. Um, you know, I would never repeat any of his jokes on a podcast because he, <laughs> I wouldn't want to offend anybody because that's not what we're here to do. But but Mike mm. Reed would talk about really taboo mm. subjects, and in talking about those really taboo subjects, he tells some really funny mm. jokes. And and you know, in the early nineties, Mike Reed was able to stand up and free tell the jokes. And I, I watch his clips on YouTube all the time, and he's he's fucking yeah. hilarious. And yeah, do you know what? Absolutely, he says things that are going to cause offence, but he's not being offensive. No. You know, he's not. I watched a comedian, I can't remember what his name was, but he got up on stage um, up north and he said something like, Oh, what are we going to do about all these, all these mm. immigrants then? And the audience mm. cheered and laughed. Now, that's, that's not funny. There's no intelligence no. behind it. He's not raising a taboo subject and creating humour around the taboo subject so we can talk about it mm. a bit more freely. But Mike Reed did. Mike Reed talked about, you know, the journey he'd mm. made from the 1940s and 50s mm. growing up to, to the 1990s, how society changed, how he'd cope with that, you know, different different mm. aspects, prejudices he had, which he now doesn't. He would joke mm. about them. But I think I could choose 10 people my age group and only one of them would find that funny. Um, because, because I think I think we just we just we're determined, aren't we, to be offended? Uh, sorry, yeah. offended by by anything, even if it doesn't affect us. Yeah, no, us. that's that's it. I mean, it, 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 I th and I think I say I think if I'm watching something, I think oh yeah, it's a bit closer than knuckle. And, you know, even Frankie Boyle for me, you know, and I'm not you know shy about anything, but sometimes I think you know Frankie Boyle goes a little bit too far. Um, it's only not not funny to me. It doesn't mean that it's it doesn't necessarily mean that it's not funny. Um, you know, it's it's mm. it's a bit like art, isn't it? You know, Picasso apparently is a great fucking artist, but it's shit. You know, it's it's in the person, mm. it's, you know, whoever it is that's listening to it, or if you find something funny, you find it funny. You can't help it. it doesn't matter, if, you know, what what the subject is about. If it makes you laugh, or you know, because yeah. there's an anecdote to it, and you can associate with it, it, it makes you laugh. If you don't like it or it doesn't make you laugh, don't don't watch it. There's a few comedians I don't watch because I don't find them funny, but not because I'm offended by them. I don't I just don't find it funny. Right. You know, I used to like um um Jim Davidson and all that kind of thing. I've kind of grown up. I don't mm. I, I still he still makes me laugh, but there's 
some of what he, he talks about, I don't really need to hear anymore. You know, I'm, I'm 50 years old and I'm kind of, mm. it's not funny anymore. But you, when you watch, what was that old program, uh, Love Thy Neighbour? You know, with he's got the black the black guy yeah, and Elf yeah. on it. And, and that was really, well, it's, it's, it will never come on telly again now because they call it racist. But actually the, the black guy, I can't remember his name, but he always got the better of Alf Garnet kind of thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, and that that's intelligent yeah. because actually if you look at it, what it's doing, and, and you know, I, I feel necessary, it feels necessary to say, racism is fucking yeah. disgusting. But if you're, a, if you're a good, intelligent comedian like Ricky Gervais or like Alf Garnet, mm. actually, if, and if you're an intelligent viewer, you will see that in joking about it, they're making it more to do. Mm. And in that, in that, you know, Love Thy Neighbour piece, Alf Garnet was always yeah, made to he look was. a fool. Um, it was always made to look a fool, and it was proving a point that actually you should love thy neighbour, and just because of the pigment of someone's yeah. skin, you know, doesn't make them any worse or better a human than you are. It doesn't make you any better or worse than them. We are all part of one race, the human race. That's intelligent comedy because it it allows us to talk about very taboo mm. subjects in a, in a free and expressive yeah, exactly. way. Um, and I don't think, because I don't think growing up I ever really knew anything about like racism i think it's something that i've kind of learned about more in recent years you know it never yeah and, and certainly you know what i will say is society has made some really good strides forward because because i, I you know it's awful to think that in my mum's lifetime something like apartheid mm. exists um maybe in your mm. lifetime actually um yeah. that, that, that apartheid had existed and that people were I, it's it's un un unimaginable to me that someone could ever be be uh, viewed as in any way less capable or less worthy of something because of something that they don't control mm. whether that's their sexuality or their race or, mm. or their, their any any disabilities that they may have but good comedians intelligent comedians mm actually making jokes about mm. those subjects, make jokes about them because it is mm. so ridiculous. And in doing it, it allows us to talk about those subjects in a more free and expressive way. They're part of the fight back. Comedians are really, really important part of uh, fighting against yeah. prejudice, um, whatever those prejudice, uh, prejudices are. And Ricky Gervais talks mm. about this. Uh, I, I love him because he's an intelligent yeah. man. And he, he will say, he, he makes jokes which you can interpret in many different ways. But he said, normally I'm always the butt mm. of the joke. Um, I always punch up, I never punch down. And actually, mm. different people are offended by different things. He said, so he told a joke once, and I, I, I think, I may be wrong, mm. so this isn't verbatim, but it was along these lines. He told a joke about Caitlyn Jenner, yeah. um, formerly mm. Bruce Jenner. And in telling that joke, because he referred to Caitlyn Jenner as Bruce Jenner, he... They call it dead name. Yeah, he yeah. dead named her. So he, he he referred to her as Bruce, and she's not Bruce. She's, she's Caitlin, and that's fine. You know, that's mm. that's all right. And it might have been um, it might have been an MP or a public pressure. I don't know who it was, but a, 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 some sort of lobbyist type pressure type mm. protest group really went to town on him for that. And his response was, "So all the jokes about rape and cancer, they were absolutely mm. fine." With you didn't mind. Oh, well, well we're yeah, not affected yeah. by those. So, so, you know, everyone can take offence in, in, in something everyone says. I'm offended when I see fucking Gemma Collins on yeah. my TV screen. But I, I don't think that people shouldn't watch Tarry or Tarry shouldn't be allowed on the telly. I mean, <laughs> I fucking shouldn't. <laughs> it's not good. But, but different people are offended by different things. And, and you know, I, I think comedians like Mickey Flanagan probably make you, they make a good, they strike a good yeah. balance, don't they? I think they can still make us laugh without generating too many Yeah, they, they do, but I wonder how much, you know, are they, are, you know, is he being careful about what he says? I don't think you should have to, but, you know, I think we kind of do it to ourselves anyway. You know, you look at, uh, uh, what is it, that used to be called the Spastic Society, and they've changed their name now, haven't they? Because it might have been offensive. Yeah, but this yeah. was the fucking disease that you're trying to yeah, and, and you, you're trying to raise money for. So what you've you've now made the word spastic a, a, a problem by changing it, changing yeah. it because it might offend people. So, so you've made it offensive, you know. And I think comedians should just be allowed to, or, or jokes think, in general, any kind of anecdote or any tale. It you know it involves people. People are, are people. Couldn't give a fuck what color they are or what sex they are. 
You know what I mean? So I, I think. No, it, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. We're, we're all we're all one. We're all one race, yeah. the human race, and and actually the difference between us is 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 negligible. There is no difference, and and you know, decent human beings, and I, I like to think I'm a decent human being. Um, <laughs> support progress. Oh, we're really quiet then didn't it and they and they support <laughs> but but they support progress and you know things evolve yeah. right so uh, you know i you'll know having worked me in some professional capacity i don't necessarily want to talk about my professional capacity at mm. work but yeah i i have have definitely always been a, a real strong supporter of women more women in more leadership roles in industry mm. um because that's progress and science tells us that that diversity is good and organizations and teams perform better if mm. they're more diverse. Um, but, but there is no joke. There's no subject no. that shouldn't be joked about. And I think there's no subject that shouldn't be joked about because, because mm. it is a joke. Uh, if a comedian goes on stage, right? If I, if I went on stage and, and I know telling a joke about some, someone whose wife had perhaps died or, or let's say it was, it was mm. a joke about depression. Um, and I've suffered mm. from depression. Um, and lots of comedians tell jokes about depression. I, I don't feel personally offended by that because it, actually it, it helps me a little bit, makes trivializes it to a degree that yeah, I, yeah. I feel I can laugh at it. Um, makes it seem less significant. Um, but, but if they went on stage and went, right, who's depressed? And, and I put my hand up and they said, right, look, it is a joke, might make you laugh. Clearly, that would be stupid and offensive. But you're talking to millions and millions of people if you're broadcasting yeah. something on the television. And, you're, you're, and, and consequently, you're never, you're never going to not offend somebody, I suppose, is the point. And, and we shouldn't therefore allow people who are offended mm. without good reason to... Um, to, to, to to necessarily yeah, we, um, regulate the way that we speak, and, and I always think if you if you firmly disagree, then let's yeah, have a debate it's, about it's it. Not offending people yeah. for the sake of it. It's it's some it's funny. Sometimes it's in poor taste, but it doesn't stop it from being funny. You know, there were all those kind of jokes. You know, the, yeah. the space shuttle and stuff like that, and all the Seven Up jokes that that came out. It you you know, it, it's not necessarily funny, but it's. It's clever. It's still it's still humorous. It, I, yeah, I don't know. It's a difficult one, isn't it? I mean, I, I just you know, if something's funny, it's it's funny. It, there's there's nothing more in it. You know, I'm not having a go at anyone because they're female, racist, or uh, or, or it doesn't you know disabled yeah. or or anything. You know, I mean, it, all of this. You know, I I have a kind of self-deprecating sense of humor anyway because I've got kind of low self-esteem anyway so it, i think it's easier to put myself down in a in a kind of funny manner uh, before someone else beats me to it so um, you know I, I think something's either funny or it's it's not and some people are, are always going to be offended by their own fucking shadow so yeah 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 and and i think i think sadly what it does mean mm. is, is comedy erodes and like i say i think we're all we all want progress. You know, I, I, it, it turns my stomach to think that, you know, there was a point at which you could mm. be thrown in prison for being gay mm. um, or that the, the, the colour of your skin could determine whether yeah. you did or did not get a seat on a bus. I, it, it's, mm. I can't, it's inconceivable, um, you know, and, and, and in a way, I think in that sense, I'm really glad that my daughter, for example, is growing yeah, up. Yeah, in a more tolerant society, more. Mm. Um, because, because, yeah, we're more to, and 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 top diversity brings a, a level of a level of intelligence, a, a level of perspective. Mm. It, it broadens the mind genuinely. Um, but but it's um, yeah, it's 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 an interesting time. It's a, it's a really interesting time, and, and everyone's really uncomfortable to talk about these subjects. So, so there will be people listening to this podcast. I suspect who will go, "Ooh, I'm not, not sure, not sure they should have addressed those subjects." But, but again, you know, I would always say to those people, "A, if you think you, you want to add a perspective, mm. come and join us." And, and B, um, we've got to talk about these issues because because if we don't talk about them, if we just mm. allow mob rule to descend well well 10 people were outraged by that they're the loudest they acted in in, in mm. you know kind of mob mm. sort of 
collective mob behaviour. Um, therefore, mm. therefore, we've got to outlaw it. Well, no, they might mm. have some legitimacy they should be listened to, but they shouldn't necessarily be the only source that drives what we can and can't hear, can and can't experience. Yeah, well, and, you know, everyone's comedy, got a, a voice so, as well. And, you know, well, I, you know, my intention is never to offend anyone, really. But, um, you know, so I hope I haven't. No, 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 no. But I think there are people who, yeah. who just avoid. Subjects you're too frightened to talk about it. You're, you're too frightened to talk about it because you might say the wrong thing, or it comes out wrong, or yeah. somebody interprets what you say wrong, or you know, you can't have a laugh and a joke about something. What, what the fucking? What's the point in life if you know it, that? That's the way it goes. You know, snowflakes get in the way and say, right, that's it. You're not doing this anymore. You can't do that anymore. You can't do it. What's the fucking point? You know. Mm, mm, no. Completely agree. I completely agree. Um, mm. Sort of last segment. Do you do you feel? So I feel. I mean, we've talked about comedy, and we've talked about society generally, and we've talked about music mm. and, and the evolution of that or not. Do you um, do you think society generally is worse today than it was? I think I preferred it years ago. back then. You know, I think. Um, I, do, I think you know, 25 years ago, there was only what four billion people on a planet, and now we're nearly at eight. Do you know what I mean? Maybe it was five billion, but it's it's increased such a you know. So there's I hate driving now because there's too many cars on the roads, and there's too many parked cars on the roads. You know, and there's free cars for every house at the moment. I think um, there's more. It's, things are easily accessible now. You know, better than they were before, but. I think we don't get that kind of time to stop and, and relax and reflect anymore. It's nice to better get a beer at any time during the day or the current at the moment, but you know, in the pubs, you know, it's nice not to have Sunday hours and people, you know, it was, it was, it was great not to kind of force people to work in all those times. I think times just kind of change, but I preferred it back then when it seemed a bit sort of more relaxed and, and a bit slower, a bit, friendlier maybe it wasn't like i say a lot of my thoughts now are, are probably because i'm you know fast approaching late 30s but um uh, you know i think mm. back then it was i'm 50 really um back then it was <laughs> it was it, it was, was very very late that joke, but yeah but <laughs> uh, you know and, and maybe it's my perception on things now you know i, I don't worry about my my kids um, and, and what I'm kind of leaving for them as, as you know, as society changed that much that we can't allow them to um, do the things that we did sort of 25 years ago, 30 years ago when we were the same sort of age. You know, I think we've always had the Myra Hindleys and all that kind of thing um, going on, you know, and they're still like that now. It's maybe we're more aware of how um, social interaction has changed and, and how life has changed. Um, everything is reported so much easier, uh, more easily, and um, everyone's got cameras on their phones. And do you know what I mean? Everything is in your face, twenty-four-seven. Whereas thirty years ago, it wasn't. So society has 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 changed. We've got to kind of change with it. There were good things and bad things, I suppose. Do you think? Uh, uh, yeah, I think that everything's just <clears throat> lost its magic. Um, and I, I, we've had this conversation before, haven't we? But I think of, I think of the. You, you mentioned driving, for example, and I, and I can remember mm. a time I didn't drive at this point, but I could remember a time when forty-mile mm. drive up the road was like, yeah. what? blimey, I'll need a rest after that. Um, and now, you know, it's, it's nothing. Forty miles seems actually seems quite a simple, yeah. nice and easy commute for some people. Um, I, I remember a time when. Uh, when you took a photo yeah. and you went and got the photo developed and then you printed it off and you put it in a frame mm. and then every six months you pick it up and have a look at it. I think you and did. You appreciated it more <clears throat> because stuff was so hard to obtain. You appreciate it more. Yeah. And, and, and it, it was little things going to the football. You know, I, I remember going to the football as a kid a couple of times, <clears throat> Splinter Fargo and my dad. And, you know, you'd, mm. you'd, we'd always go in the standing section. Oh, fantastic. And for mm. me, it was great. Surrounded by all these adults, uh, the, the, the ball at the back mm. of it, you start to scream, you cheer. It was great. <clears throat> I take my daughter 
who's a similar age to, I, to what I was then, to go and see Torquay United. And the idea yeah. of standing up for an hour, Dad, no, 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 can't possibly do that. Um, I, I, as a kid, used to you know, mess around with my keyboard in my bedroom or you know, climbing trees or, or you know, yeah. conquer wars, Kirby, you know, spot in a game against the wall. And now it's, it's iPads, it's, it's iPhones. It's, it just feels like the whole world has lost a bit of its magic. And, and I, I think in many ways, if I look at the progress around, you know, we've talked about prejudice. Mm. I think we've addressed some real big taboos in society and i think mm. if i think about mental health for example mental health provision mm. has just steamed ahead leaps and bounds um and i wouldn't want to see that retract in any way shape or form but you know the fact that you can get 150 channels on your tv that everything's so instant <laughs> that i can order something yeah, a microphone, and not work and your other phone because it's not later, compatible um, it, it just feels like <laughs> yeah yeah i know i know which fucking idiot did that but i think if you if you think about all those things everything's just so easily obtainable right? no and that's Do we aspire that's it i think really? we, you know there, there are no kind of new inventions you know it's great modern technology is is great if you can embrace it you know it's everything is so easy um you know everything's there like if i wanted to like one of my kids asked me a question i can google it if they can't be asked to google it themselves in the old days, if I asked my mum a question, she didn't know the answer. We'd have to go and find an mm. encyclopedia or wait till the library was open. You know what I mean? So, it, so it's it's better for that that um, yeah. aspect of it. But like I said, I think there are negatives for all of it. So my kids don't seem to get out as much as we used to. So we were always riding our bikes, and you know we were out till dark and that kind of thing. Like you say, playing Kirby and all that kind of thing. You can't do that now because there's a car parked in the fucking way. You know, there's that's it. So it's drop yeah, curbs ever. That's that's the worst thing in the last twenty five years is the is yeah, the degradation. Exactly. It was of brilliant. Kirby. What a sport! I could have. That's probably the only professional sport I could have ever played. Kirby. I don't think I played ball, any other. The sport ball would bounce on the curb and then come smack you in the face again, and I, I'd go home crying with a bloody nose. Yeah. Yeah. So I miss those days. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, you know, so ugly now. No, go on. Yeah. Do you, do you think? sorry I cut you across but you, you make an interesting point because I, mm. I was doing an online quiz right the other day and it was you know, a load of people patched in Darwin mm. uh, doing this online quiz and um, which is great yeah, yeah. it's great that we've got yeah. that technology especially now right during lockdown um, but but a part of me and I'm really competitive so if, if I'm entering a quiz I'm going to win the fucking quiz but a part of me thought yeah yeah that the others are looking on Google. You know, information is so easily obtainable now that it's taken the fun out of stuff. Like I say, there have been mm. some advantages, medicine, you know, treatment, um, you know, mm. prejudice being addressed uh, in all corners of society. Um, but in, in other ways, I, I just feel, I don't know, I feel like society's lost its value. I, I mean, I hear the way, if I spoke to my mum the way... <laughs> And now I sound like a really old person. Now I really do sound like I'm in my late 30s. Um, if I spoke to my mum the way I see yeah. kids speaking to their mums now, I, I, my life wouldn't be worth living and I wouldn't do it. And, you know, you're always taught to respect your elders and respect the police. I don't, I don't think those societal normal or conventional societal hierarchies, you know, where we have mm. the, you know, the police, you don't mess around with the police. And if the police told you to do something, you why is that is that because people are more aware of their rights or is it because we've padded out people's rights or is it because of the way After we're words, yeah i think a lot of that is because of um, is. because of our our rights you know what i mean so it, it's, it is all those kind of snowflakes you know you can't do that anymore we can't hit the kids you know i can see the the, the kind of logic in some of these things but you know because even children have, have got rights but sometimes I think that's where it comes from. That's where there's no discipline. There's no national service or anything like that. I mean, I didn't have national service either and I wouldn't have done it. But, you know, so um, I think that's what it is. It's, it's that kind of lack of respect. It has kind of changed over time. And I think it's because we're not allowed to do certain things that we were allowed to do before. You know, you can't get a clip around the ear from the, the local Bobby and that kind of thing because, you know, he'd be arrested on fucking paedophile charges or something. You know what I mean? Mm, mm, 
do you do you think that um do you think that parents aren't raising their kids to be tough to be strong and to compete but so you know i i, I raise my daughter to mm. look if you're entering sports day you're entering to win and and taking part is really really important mm. but if you want to succeed in life you've got to be a winner right um uh, and, and and I like to think I had that mm. philosophy in, installed in me. But nowadays you have things mm. like participation medals. So so you can get a medal without winning. Do you think consequently that has made people feel a little bit more entitled? And because they feel a little bit more entitled, they feel um, they feel like they don't have to earn respect. They don't have to, you know, respect. Yeah, well, I think that's it. You don't. Please. You, you don't have to because it is handed to you. You know, I mean, I'm I'm actually different because I was never really competitive. You know, I liked winning; it was great if I won something, but it, it didn't really bother me if I didn't. And it, you know, you only won if you got a medal. But I actually just enjoyed doing it. You know, I was a, a sprinter, a short distance sprinter, and I really enjoyed doing that. And a lot of the time, I would win, but there were lots of times when I didn't, and I'd just yeah. kind of skulk off a little bit, embarrassed. But I think that kind of helps character build for later in life yeah. because you're not always going to win. You can't, you know, like um, when I play cards with the kids when they were younger, I'd let them win all the time because it didn't really bother me, but it seemed to bother them. My missus is completely different. She's maybe a bit more like you, a bit more competitive. <clears throat> they would have to beat her to win. You know what I mean? She, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, don't care how and old they are. But that, I'm winning. So that's I'm just kind of individual game. people, and maybe we've <laughs> always been a bit like that. So I think it is too easy. It's handed on a plate. You know, we're, we're too, we, you know, what is it, mollycoddle people, you know. Um, you know, well done, Jimmy, for, for taking part and coming, you know, 18th out of 15 people. Here's a medal. You know, it's taking a piss, really. If, if you want to be a winner, be a winner. And if you don't win, you have to kind of accept defeat gracefully. You know, those are life life lessons as well. Don't just give it to them, yeah, yeah. you know, oh, well done for turning up, you know, well done for getting yeah. your name right. It's, you know, yeah, I've, that's that's a bit of a joke, really. We've kind of brought that on ourselves. But that's, that... mm. Expectations, things that were expected, you know, as basics mm. um, are now rewarded yeah. as being something more than they are. Um, we're coming to the end, so... Mm. so Few questions. Are you so? Donald oh, he makes Trump, me laugh. Force for good, force for evil. <laughs> oh no, not evil. Force for good, he's, force for bad. Yeah. yeah, I mean he's he's a parody, isn't he? Oh yeah, he's definitely. Got, uh, he's funnier than David Brent yeah. to me. He's like he's a fucking hilarious. David Brent. He's I, I, a yeah, I, I love him. I, I, he's <laughs> fucking genius, and um, you know, getting. <laughs> Yeah, he is. He is. I mean, talk about <laughs> close to the knuckle comedy. I mean, he is the best comedian we've got at the moment. Uh, yeah. I think, you know, I always thought it was a great idea having someone like that who'd, uh, you know, successful, whether you like him or not, successful businessman to treat a country in the same way as he treated his business. Yeah, it's going to have its ups and downs. I think he's all right, really. It does make me laugh, yeah. though. I don't know how seriously I can take him, but Brexit. Brexit. No, and, and that's that's why I asked the question. I think um, just just on Trump, I think I, I like some mm. of his policies. Don't like some of his rhetoric. Um, so I, I would never vote yeah. for Trump. I think he is a racist, if I'm honest with you. And I, and I know I know mm. many people don't believe that. Um, so if you listen to uh, like no. Alan Sugar, who's not a, he's not a Trump fan. Um, but he would he would argue, for example, no, 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 it's definitely not. I think no. he is a racist, and I don't like the idea of having a racist in the White House. But but uh, and I find it hard to detach that. But if I could detach that, then yes, I think he's got mm. some good economic credentials. But unfortunately, that that isn't the most important thing on the agenda. Um, uh, yeah, well, it, it didn't go my way. If, in the last thirty years of voting, I've never had a vote go my way. So um, democracy doesn't work for me. Um, so, yeah, I'd, I'd have stayed. Actually, I'd have gone even further. I'd have taken on the euro and everything. So, um, yeah, yeah. Well, I want to end up really? living in Spain anyway, so Why? fuck the UK. Why? So, uh, <laughs> um, uh, I think Boris the thing that made me start liking him was that everyone was having a go at him for no reason. And I, I'm, I'm all for an underdog. And although he might not necessarily have been an underdog, I hate it when someone is having a go at someone, but mm. it's ill-informed. So actually, uh, yeah, I, I, I quite like him. I don't think he's mm. doing 
is doing that bad as it is. There's a lot, a lot that's gone wrong. Some of it is going to be their fault. Some of it isn't. But the coronavirus isn't isn't a government's fault. How they handle it, you know, there there are kind of good and bad points, and I'm sure a lot of those will come out. Yeah, I think I could talk about him on a on a different day for a lot longer. But um, yeah, I'm I'm kind of behind him. Mm, okay. Um, uh, yeah, it was a long time ago. And, I uh, you're a Chelsea years. fan, right? So, <laughs> so uh, Mourinho, Ranieri, Ancel- Ancelotti, or Ooh. Lampard. You had the choice between those four. Uh, oh yeah, see Mourinho, but I think Lampard's doing it. Well, he was doing a great job until you know football got cancelled. I I think. Yeah, I'm quite happy as it is, actually, at the moment with Lampard. Uh, you wouldn't change Lampard no. to have Mourinho? No, right? I wouldn't. No. Uh, would, no. Um, lost his no, I don't think he has. Do you think... Yeah, I think they are. Newspapers always are, aren't they? You know, they, they never get behind anyway. They build them up and then knock them back down again. I, I think he's, yeah. he's still got it, but... Um, you know, there's an age thing comes into it. Unfortunately, I think age does come into it, into lots of things at time because, yeah, you, you kind of, you lose it a little bit. You lose the respect maybe. I don't know. I, I would still have him back if we didn't have Lampard. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Maybe he hasn't got the energy. Mm. Yeah. You're welcome. Thank you. Well, thank you very much. Been a, been a, a very good... Um... Been a very good session. Talked about a lot of subjects. So, so thanks, Mark. That was Mark Brind, uh, drummer, cartoonist, and FM professional. Next week, we'll be welcoming uh, some local football stalwarts: uh, Matt Micklewright, manager of Payton Saints Football Club, and uh, Jamie Micklewright, who is a player and uh, and staunch part of the Payton Saints furniture. So, we'll be talking largely football, but we might touch on some other subjects as we have tonight. If you or anyone you know are interested in coming onto the podcast and having a chat with me, please do reach out to me via our, via our Facebook page, which is uh, Light Talk Current Affairs uh, username, or you can follow us on Spotify, uh, Light Talk Pod.